The Trump administration days ago revised its year-old federal management agenda, but retained its 14 cross-agency priority goals. Contractors watch these developments no less than federal managers. Joining me with his view of the strengths and weaknesses of the agenda, Professional Services Council CEO David Berteau. And David, what is your initial take on this, representing people that actually do the work to carry out these management agenda items should agencies go ahead and actually do them? That's a great perspective, Tom, because you're right. Uh, uh, even though it's not stated, I don't believe anywhere in the president's management agenda, the execution of most of these uh, cross-agency priority goals uh, does require contractor support. And, and, uh, and so we do follow this very, very closely both for the work itself, but more importantly for the trends that this indicates about where the federal government has gone. So as you indicated, last week was the one-year anniversary uh, of the issuance uh, last year of the president's management agenda. We and and the government itself both stepped back to take stock for this. Uh, There was actually a, a booklet published by the National Academy of Public Administration uh, and I would note that uh, uh, seven, here it is sitting seven, on my very desk. It is very, very much right here in the room with us. And so uh, I know you've uh, digested it fully. Uh, but uh, there's about a dozen little uh, uh, essays in there. Uh, seven of them are by Napa fellows who also happen to be affiliated with members of the Professional Services Council. Uh, and there's an eighth one, which is uh, which is my own. So we've taken a very strong interest in this. There's a couple things that are really important, I think, to note about the president's management. And every president has some kind of reform agenda, right? I mean, all the way back to to uh, uh, Kennedy and Eisenhower probably did as well. I haven't studied Eisenhower's, but uh, um, but this one does two things that are different than others. One is it actually didn't reject all the previous administration's initiatives. It actually built on those initiatives, and that's a very positive thing. And so, not something widely understood not in the public. That's exactly right, and and you almost have to be a student of this to even recognize where those continuities are, right? Sure. Because they don't make them obvious, but it is it is apparent to those of us who pay attention to what the government's doing. The second is that they've actually developed some pretty good metrics and they report on them. There's quarterly updates of these. They're a little bit behind now. The uh, the partial government shutdown uh, in December and January has prevented them from uh, updating all the 2018 data, uh, but I think within the next few weeks, we'll probably see more of that. The weaknesses, of course, is a couple of big weaknesses. Uh, one is that it doesn't cover everything. That could also be a strength because if you try to do everything, you're not likely to be able to do it all, right? And so you, you come out of there. Um, the second weakness, though, is it, there's no real good connection to resources. And, you know, we've had this discussion many times on your show and you have it with others as well. Resources drives policy as much as policy drives resources. And without the necessary money and people and contract uh, capacity, you're not going to do that. There's also, I think, still a strong focus in those measures on inputs, not not outcomes, right? And, and uh, ultimately, you've got to pay attention to the outcome. Yes, and some of these are very outcome-oriented and also difficult to measure and quantify. For yeah. example, shifting from low-value to high-value work, that's a workforce-related type of issue. But how do you measure that? I mean... Uh, <laughs> yeah, through worker satisfaction, through recruiting and retention, all of the measures would be secondary, right? Because we really don't have a qualitative or quantitative measure of high-value work. No, that's right. And uh, some of them you can see you could measure, like modernize infrastructure permitting, which is a difficult, time-consuming, paper-intensive process. You can see where streamlining could come to something like that. You could. But that's one where actually there's a third weakness that shows up, which is many of these will take a long time before you see the results of them. You know, and In fact, if you look at the just that one on, on permitting, uh, what the reports will say is we've put a lot of paper out, but we actually haven't reduced the amount of time it takes to do permitting yet. Right. So and so one of the questions that comes into mind is what's the continuity underway for contractors? though, There's a couple of that really matter a lot. 
Um, one is category management, right? And that's been around again since uh, since a couple of administrations back. Yes, and there's brand new guidance on that just brand, out late last week also. Brand new guidance on that. Uh, I don't think anybody's implemented that guidance yet. We're studying it carefully. The idea that you get what the government refers to as spend under management, which is a kind of a misnomer because it implies that there's some spend that's not under management. What they really mean is under the management of the category management structure, not no management at all. Um, and I, th- I think one of the things that we worry about is the consolidation of contracts and of availability of those contracts, the best-in-class contracts, et cetera, can both restrict competition and punish both agencies and their contractors who support them if they don't happen to be on the vehicles that need to come into place. And so the new guidance doesn't really address that. We're going to continue to work that with them. We're speaking with David Berto, CEO of the Professional Services Council, and I'm guessing the other or one of the other big ones of interest is IT modernization. And of course, every administration modernizes IT because IT is something that requires, in the greater world, constant modernization. Constant modernization and update. You probably have a cell phone, and more than likely, at least once a week, your cell phone reminds you that you don't have the latest cell phone and you should be buying a new cell phone, right? They can try. They they can try. That's right. As long as it works, it works, right? But but, uh, there's actually been a much stronger focus here. Part of this was the Modernizing Government Technology Act that passed uh, Congress. uh, It was actually in the defense bill, but it was a government-wide piece of legislation two-year authority. We're in the second year now. Um, It does require Congress to act uh, by the end of this fiscal year in order to extend that authority. And right now, there's no movement in that direction. But part of it is the MGT Act has been very slow to be implemented, right? There are going to be these centers of excellence. There's only two of them in place so far, the Agriculture Department, which has some good early returns. The second one was at the Department of Housing and Urban Development. I haven't seen much in the way of reports of any outcomes that have resulted from that. No, they're promising some new COEs maybe in April will be announced, including one for robotics process automation. We, we have heard that. that. In fact, I think at the at the at the, at the one year anniversary last week, the uh, Emily Murphy at GSA talked about that as well. She's on the panel that uh, selects these centers of excellence. The problem is, if you're asking Congress to extend an authority and asking them to provide more money, you have to show some results from the work you've done from the previous authority and with the previous money. They have not obligated all the money uh, that was provided to them before, and they didn't get all they asked for. So it's uh, they, they've got a ways to go to be able to move forward on that. And in the budget request, they're asking for another hundred or so million dollars for the technology modernization fund next year. And as you say, there's no results in from what they've already done. That's right. It makes it much more difficult. And I think uh, that's a, that's another weakness is it's not the goal to be slow, but if you are slow, it undermines your ability to continue the support. And I guess the surprising comment in the room or the surprising question was, well, what do you all think is going to happen with the agenda over the next five years, meaning after the reelection and the continuance of the administration, which nobody can ever guess? No, but I, I do think that some of these issues, as you point out, IT modernization is going to be a struggle and a priority for every administration. Um, there are also things that actually aren't on the list that are clearly priorities, cybersecurity being the most obvious one. You know, I listened to your uh, comments last week from Gene Dodaro, the uh, Comptroller General, as he went through uh, all of the things that GAO works on. There's a lot that, ta- that uh, Gene talked about last week week that is implicitly uh, tied to the president's management agenda, it perhaps probably needs to be more explicitly tied to it. David Berto is CEO of the Professional Services Council. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand by subscribing at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Love Target? Well, you're about to love it even more. With Target Red Card, you'll save 5% every day in-store and online. Find the red card that's right for you 
whether it's debit, credit, or Target's new Red Card Reloadable, which doesn't require an existing bank account or credit check. With Target Red Card, you'll get exclusive deals and free shipping on most items. Visit Target.com slash Red Card to get all the details. It's always a great day to save. Restrictions apply.